Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Hurd, and here are today's topics. Arsenal go back to the top of the league, winning 3-0 over Brentford. Hyunmin Sun comes off the bench to score a hat-trick as Spurs thrashed Leicester 6-2. Haaland scores again in Man City's easy win over Wolves. And we'll round up the other games in the Premier League this weekend. That's what we've got coming up in today's show. We've got some big news for our viewers and listeners with the Premier League being back. Premier League Mornings Live is heading to Philadelphia and we've partnered with Sport Trending to give your family a VIP experience on October the 15th and 16th. Enter now for a chance to win four VIP tickets with airfare and hotel included. All you've got to do is share a photo or video of your child's team or their soccer skills to Instagram using hashtag MyPLMornings, hashtag MyPLMornings sweepstakes and tag and follow at NBC Sports Engine and at NBC Sports Soccer. Pack your bags fast. The winner is going to be announced on October the 10th and you'll join Rebecca, me, Mr. Musto, Tim Howard and all the crew at the FanFest. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay, my friend, it was a kind of shortened uh, mm. weekend, obviously, with, with the Queen's funeral happening tomorrow and police and logistics um, playing their part. We did get a, a game at the Community Stadium at, at, at Brentford, and actually, I think it's called the GTEC Stadium now, isn't it? Or something like I think that. it might be, yeah. All right, yeah, I think it's GTEC Stadium. But anyway, Arsenal returned. Um, 12 months after getting a mauling, we would say. Remember the first game of the season, Friday yeah. night, they got yeah. mauled 2 0 at the community stadium, as was then. Uh, very different performance, very different result. Some are saying, Rob, very different Arsenal. Well, it must be. I mean, the proof is there to see. I mean, I, watching the game, Rob, and, and half time and afterwards, I was very disappointed with Brentford, but. You're right. It is a different Arsenal now. There's a maturity that we've talked about. There's an improvement. The squad is better. The team, the 11 is better from a year ago, given what they've done in the market. And, and it was a total performance, Rob. Total performance. Wherever you look, the goalkeeper from a back four that was organised, as they've been, it was, they were super strong against very aggressive attacking players. You all know about Ivan Tony with his, his call-up for England, the national team, etc., I mean, they're a big, powerful side, but Arsenal dealt with them surprisingly easily. I thought the football was clean, like sharp, moved the ball through the lines, kept it, controlled the game of possession right from the kickoff, by the way, Rob. They had the ball for like two minutes, I think, after the kickoff of the game. And the goals, the finishing was excellent as well. I mean, there was nothing to fault it. Um, it was so good. I'm like, well, surely Brentford can do more. So let me throw it back to you, Rob, on that. Of course, we're going to give Arsenal a ton of credit. I've just outlined yeah. why they were so great. It was a total performance. Yeah. Was Brent... I mean, I mean, and by the way, I'll say this before I let you jump back in, Rob. Thomas Frank afterwards said, I thought we played well, which I was... Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow, so mm-hmm. Arsenal, yeah, maybe they are the real deal. Well, isn't that a, a, an interesting contrast to the last game, the last time, you know, the, the game last season when... Ivan Tony's putting up, it was a kick around with Arsenal with the managers talking about getting in the faces. When Brentford play well, Rob, and Brentford can play different styles. They can play through the back. They can be a little bit direct. They can press when, when they need to and, and they're well organised. But they've got to be high octane. They've got to be yeah. in your face and yeah. they've got to play at, at a tempo. And when they don't, Rob, they're nowhere near that team. And now, I don't know if all that kind of, you know, he's come out and said he thinks Arsenal are John Strang said that he thinks Arsenal are title contenders. Now, I think that's going a little bit too far, personally. Um, but what we are seeing, Rob, and, and I'll kind of chuck it back to you, in the way that Arsenal dealt with Brentford, and Brentford at home are not going to be an easy game for anyone. Brentford, let, 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 let me just stop you there, Rob. Before you chuck it back to me, yeah. were, were Brent, was, it, was, it, was it Brentford light? Did, they, did Arsenal get... Or, or you know, give me an answer on that before you throw it back to me. Like, yeah, is it all credit to Arsenal? To I mean, with, Brentford with that, like... with, with that with that with that argument, it wasn't a. I didn't think it was a great Brentford day because I didn't think they they played with it with the yeah, intensity, the, intensity, the yeah. speed, and, and and high octane football that is what is their mark. But Rob, I think we we need to the, the credit has to you have to look at yeah. Arsenal's side in that when Man City do this to teams, we talk we go wow. 
when, when when Liverpool have done this to teams, we go, wow, maybe Arsenal, are, and, and this was where I was saying that, mm. are, Arsenal going, mm. are Arsenal possibly going next level where they are starting to 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 restrict teams, to inhibit mm. teams in a way that some of the big boys have done in the past. That Their football now is groups, as you said. Mm. Everybody knows what they're doing. Let's remember this was out with, without Zinchenko and without Odegaard. Two mm. key players for them in recent weeks, Rob. Didn't didn't matter a jot. Um, three goals from three new signings this summer. Um, we've come back into the football club. It just feels to me, Rob, that Arsenal have taken a big step. Well, they have, and it's it's kind of like when you sort of talk when you're kind of talking there, and like have they reached a whole new level? It's like, uh, uh, yeah, have they? Like, have they reached a point where they're going to win a lot of games easily? Because I think you can tell champions of yeah. of leagues and stuff when. That by how easy they win games, and you know Arsenal have won a lot of games, not just the start of the season, but into last season as well. But maybe this is—is is this the new norm, Rob? Where they—they're going to dominate? They're going to dominate a lot of games against a lot of the teams. I know they, they lost against Manchester United, but I think we all and most people thought they still played pretty well. It just wasn't wasn't their day. There was other reasons for that that defeat. But yeah, I mean maybe this is, and it's obviously the the the, the job of Mikel Arteta is to maintain this level, and we've said many times that the Arsenal consistency is what, you know, the young players maturing, improving, which they, 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 they learned so much over last season, the amount of minutes they played. We're seeing it. We're seeing not, not, not so much with the, um, I, I'm talking about bravery on the ball and showing their qualities it, most weeks now in terms of possession and keeping the ball. They've got this lovely diamond in midfield they go to. It's very, very groove, very well organised. They're, they're kind of lucky, you know, touch wood for them with injuries, etc. right now. You, you mentioned there's a couple of players out. But, yeah, I, I think that's a good, like, thought is, are they at a level that's, that's not that far away from, from City and Liverpool with the way that they're playing? They sit on the top of the league table, Rob. Like, we're going to go international break, seven games yeah. played, 18 points, 17 goals for, seven against, six wins, one, uh, one loss for them, of course, against Manchester United. But yeah, I mean that—that's probably the question, mate. Is how good are they? Yeah. I thought today what we saw, and and I thought you made a, a really interesting point about Everton. We'll talk about them later. About you know, um, a little bit playing under pressure, you know, since France been at the football club. Mm. And I just, I, I, I got a sense with, with Arsenal, Rob, is it's the opposite. I take Granite Jacker as a great example. I think he was captain for the day. Mm. The pass he gives to. Um, Jesus, Jesus goal, the header, for the header, yeah, the, yeah. the header, and Jesus goes and shines his boot, and a lovely kind of camaraderie is building, which does happen with successful teams anyway. Mm. But I just thought these days in in his life, when Granit Xhaka would have played that ball safe, would have got it down and give it to a fullback, or got it down, and but I think because of where they are and how it, I think it's an illustration of the feeling in the football club. And he's now taking a look and looking forward and pinging a lovely ball over the top, scooping a ball in, and Jesus is in there and finishes. And I think that's a, it's an illustration. You know, Vieira comes in today's first goal, yeah, Rob, you know, neat, in there. Yeah, look good. Look neat and tidy. And, mm. you know, you're thinking, oh, the goal to come, Smith Rowe. Uh, yeah. Smith Rowe, I know, has got a few issues but with injuries, but can come back. The other thing with, with, with Arsenal, Rob, and it's just one of those mad thoughts as, as I was watching the game today. How many left-footed players in that team, by the way? It's the most left-footed team I've ever, ever seen in the history of Premier League football. And they all, they all can do a bit and they all can play. But I just get the sense, Rob, there's a, there's a mindset difference. There's a freedom in, in your head. And you know what it's like when you're battling for results, you're not sure things are going to come to the difference where, actually, we're, we're pretty good today. And I think just feel like that's where Arsenal are right now. I think it's an interesting point with Granit Xhaka. I mean, we could have, we could have a, a whole podcast yeah. talking about him and how he's kind of changed himself. He maybe is the mental kind of uh, point that the team are at. We've seen him lose his head, yeah. get, you know, get frustrated, lunge in for penalties, give red cards away. He's a different person, maybe because the team's so much better. And, you know, he's, he doesn't show any of those frustrations. Yeah, he, he doesn't look like an angry with, man. Maybe he was frustrated, Rob, with yeah. some of the other stuff that was going yeah, on. Yeah, and he couldn't stop it coming out in the way that he was playing, the way the frustrations that, that we saw. I mean, there was a brilliant interview. I think it was a Players' Tribune, Rob, where I read a lovely long piece about Granit Xhaka. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really, yeah, it. really yeah. eye-opening about how he cares yeah. for, for Arsenal Football mm. Club and how it, it, it was 
hurting him so much yeah, yeah. all the tough times that he had with taking his shirt off and the red cards and the booing from the Arsenal fans. What a man, by the way, to stay fully committed and wanting to turn it around and wanting to prove himself to the Arsenal fans. And now, and fair play to Mikel Arteta as well, Rob, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. other managers might have, might have cast him aside or tried to move him on. Arteta has always put him in the lineup, has always stressed his importance. And to be fair to the player now, he's, he's doing exactly what, Mik I guess, Mikel Arteta knew he could do in a very level-headed way. Well done, Granit Xhaka. Yeah, he's looking like the guy that I think the mm. others are, are looking up to. Maybe Thomas Partey, they hoped would be that guy. Injuries have not helped him. Fit again to, today. You know, yeah. yeah, fit again today. Centre-backs are, are still growing as a partnership, but young players, Ben White. So, uh, yeah, lots of good things uh, for Arsenal today. And, and we, we can't go past missing a 15-year-old a <laughs> yeah. no. playing football in the Premier League, Rob. Ethan Waneri, I think he, he, he pronounced his name. It's 15 years... 181 days, the youngest player ever, Mr. Mustel. I mean, I can remember at 15 years of age, I was probably doing double maths, playing football at lunchtime and playing, you know, trying to play school under 16 soccer. Yeah, I was playing cricket for the team. I was playing rugby for the team. I was kicking a ball around. I mean, I, I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. Like, really? I mean, have to, he's got to go to school tomorrow, isn't he? I mean, he's still at school. I mean, he's not a pro. He can't be a pro at 15, Rob, can he? I mean, no, he, no, get, he, he, he can't be getting paid. Schools. I mean, he, I mean, he was he, a schoolboy for He wasn't born, was he? He wasn't born when they moved to the Emirates, I believe. That, that was the start. I mean, I, I was looking at my sock drawer. I've got socks that are 16 years old. I've got socks, <laughs> socks in my sock drawer that are old. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said today, Rob, as well, that, that he was 12 when COVID started. He was 12. I mean, it's, it's correct. <laughs> Um, it's incredible, but right. it's, it's, it's another sign to that academy. And I, I know he, he's got some um, England under seventeen caps, and he's already made a making a mark with the under twenty ones. And, and again, just that academy, Rob, we talked about it before. Mm. Uh, the ability to, to bring quality players through is also going to be a part of what, what Arsenal do this season. I mean, you know, in, in summarising what where the club is at, what what a turnaround. What a turnaround. We're seeing young kids come through the academy playing, brilliant recruitment, the team playing with a style and an intensity that the fans want to see. The results are there. They're sitting top of the Premier League. It's, it's a blimmin' you know, well done to this club and to Edu and Arteta for producing yeah, this. And, and, yeah. and ownership, Rob, in fairness. Yeah. I think ownership deserves a little yeah. bit of credit. They, they've had a, a, a lot of stick along they the did. way, they sometimes have. quite rightly, but they've backed the manager, they've backed... Arteta, they backed Edo. Mm. They, they've made some big decisions that the, I'm sure the the ownership had to agree with. They're getting rid of, yeah. of um, Lacazette and, and Obama Young yeah. and, and freshen it up. It was yeah. a gamble, um, but it mm. looks like it's a gamble that's been well taken. And Arsenal mm. look uh, really interesting. Really looking forward mm. to, to to them at the moment, Robin. And, and mm. exciting to watch again, aren't they, Arsenal? It's not one of those where after every game you scratching your head and we're disappointed in Arsenal. I think we're starting to see the Arsenal that uh, Mikel Arteta visualising the Arsenal that Arsenal fans have, have, have been hoping for. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, brilliant. Really, really great stuff. Nothing negative to say about Arsenal. Like, it's all good for them. Um, should we move it on, my friend? To, yeah. Yeah. To the new one, I talk, Lane Stadium. Um, we got six goals for Tottenham. We got a hat trick for Young Min's son. We got Leicester leading the game at one point. We got Brendan Rodgers in all kinds of trouble. It was it was a bit of a weird game, this one, mate. Entertaining for lots of reasons as a neutral, but it, it, it was a bit weird. Well, I don't know where to start. I don't even know where to finish it. I mean, it's, there's so much um, to talk about. Yeah, it was a crazy game because Leicester looked pretty good with the ball and cut yeah, through yeah. Spurs many, many mm. times, scored a couple of goals. Tielemans and, and Madison with a lovely Madison finish uh, into that far corner. I thought he played well, by the way, Madison. I thought he yeah, played, I mean, played I mean Leicester well. played well. Thing is, they've got, at the moment, they've got zero durability. They, 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 they want to play their way. They want to get on the ball. They don't want to defend. They don't want to work hard as a team or as individuals to try and... I mean, that being said, for like 60 or 70 minutes before, I guess, Sun came into the game. I mean, it was tight. It was kind of yeah. tight, and you're like, wow. Yeah. I mean... So, I mean, the upshot is that Spurs were a little more 
stretched and vulnerable than I think the manager would like to see. And I know the 6-2, and we're going on to the, the, mm. the plus size, but I think yeah. I, I was certainly was a little surprised at how we, we talked up this foundation and, and defensive shape of Conte, and he's been grooving it over the preseason. They got kind of pulled around a lot, Rob. Now, they lost, of course, in, the, in European football uh, to Sporting away on Tuesday in the Champions League. Um, they conceded another two goals here. Before we get on to the good stuff... Is yeah. there cause for concern that yeah. this rock-solid unit yeah, didn't yeah. quite look so rock-solid? There absolutely is. Um, and again, you know, I, I, I was looking at a similar thing, like today. That's about 16 shots, Rob. 11 shots on target. Yeah. 11 looks at your goal. Yeah. I mean, look, remember Lloyd's come up with a couple of big saves with the game, I think, at 2-2. He's had the Dakar one, which is the that, the one-handed, and he saved one with his foot. Yeah, he did, yeah, from uh, close range. He, he made a couple of big saves that, that might make this yeah. very different. Now, Antonio Conte's teams are not supposed to give up that amount of, uh, shots. of shots. any sort that of That amount shots. of control. No, looks at goal. Mm. And that, that, that foundation isn't right. So if he's going to continue to play this way, Rob, it's going to be a gamble, and they're going to concede goals, and they're going to have to outscore teams, which isn't what he wants. They need to tighten some of those things up to be able to play the con- the Conte way that's going to get them the success that has won him silverware throughout his his career, Rob. But, um, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I thought at times we saw Spurs, when they've got possession, can look really threatening and, and all the things we know. But times when Spurs haven't got possession, a Leicester team that's decent, but at the moment having a struggle, had many, many looks at goal. And this could have been very different. This could have only looked 4 3 to, to Leicester, and, and, and Spurs wouldn't have been able to argue. Sonny hadn't come on and done his thing. Mm. One, one, one position uh, change of the manager for Spurs. Yeah. Davison Sanchez for Christian Romero. Now, we've, we've noticed in Sanchez, Davison Sanchez before, that he's a little hot headed, he's a little eager to get to do his thing defensively. A great example of a player that just got frustrated in a wide spot. He runs back, Rob, and makes the challenge. Why that's did Rick, Why did know, he play? Why, why? That's the well, record. I've got to be honest. Uh, what was the game last week when Spurs played? Fulham. Romero, Fulham, Fulham at Fulham. home. Yeah, Romero didn't play very well. He really didn't play very well, right. man. I was watching yeah. the game. Mm. Um, and he, he, He's such he a missed good some challenges. Only. Yeah, he got done down that, down that side for one of the goals. Yeah. Mm. We've seen him quite aggressive. We've seen mm. him athletic and want to go toe to toe. Hasn't quite looked at his game. So whether that you know was a little kick up the backside, putting Sanchez in. But what you do know with Sanchez is um, he is hot headed, and if something's not going right or his, man, his emotional control sometimes, yeah. I feel is at risk. And if you get near near the box, I, I, it's one of them where I push it past him and wait for the challenge because he's, he's he's always going to lunge, Rob, and, mm. and that's a game. He's just a, a, an individual example of what doesn't really happen with Conte's defence. Yeah. Doesn't really happen with, with his team. They're solid citizens, aren't they? They're people you can rely on. They put their foot in. They defend well. You know, they body up people rather than making tackles and go to ground. And I just think there's still a little bit of tweaking to do it in, in mm. that back line. And, and, and you're right. He also played Perisic, didn't he, Rob, off the right-hand side. Which didn't go very well. Which did, which did not well. go very well. He brought him up. He had to bring him off. Well, he switched, he switched him. Yeah, first of all, he switched him to the other side. Him. The Harvey yeah. Barnes was ripping he, him. Yeah, and then he was still getting done a little yeah. bit. I think Justin coming down that side, and he decided, you know what, we got it. We got it. We got Royal on and uh, Sassignon in. And Paris didn't yeah. look too happy at him when he well, came off. Had a little shake of the head. Do you think it's another example, Rob? Of you know, we of course we look at this league every every week and maybe take it for granted the the pace of it. We we know about yeah. Ivan Perisic, <laughs> and we think, well, he's going to be a yeah. good player. He knows Conte. He plays in a wing back position. And you forget about he's kind of over thirty, and it's really, really fast, and it's getting younger. This league now. Do you think Perisic's effect, his, his effectiveness at Spurs could be affected by the pace of the league and in wide areas, the amount of tricky wingers and quick players that he might struggle against? Now I have to admit to this point, I, I've been really impressed with him, Robin. And yeah, obviously, yeah. once he gets in the attacking third, yeah. he's done well. He's got two; he you know, can go right and left foot. I think it might be a, a case of getting used to it. I think he's experienced. I think he's good at using his body and, and stomp people. I mean, the problem you get in this league, as you say, is one-on-one. If somebody's quicker and more powerful than you and you can run past you, you've got a problem. Mm. Um, but I, I just sense when Spurs have got the right setup and he's a bit of protection and he's in the right spaces, I still think he, he's, good, he's good business. 
mm. for Spurs. And, and listen, he's going to have those days where he's going to come up against some of those really quick guys. And that might be a day when, when the manager decides he, he needs a little bit more athleticism, goes for assassin young maybe, rather than uh, Perisic. Still don't sense he's totally happy with those wing-back roles either, mm. mate. No. This chopping and changing makes me think he yeah. still hasn't quite no. made his mind up how this pair works in this system. Well, on that note, Rob, he did make changes. And before we get on to Human Son too much, of course, he came into the game as a, an attacking player. But there was a, a system switch as well, which I thought was interesting. Eve Basuma came into the game. Um, yeah. One of the forwards, was it Kulisevsky or Richarlison? I think it might have been Richarlison. Anyway, they ended up... Richarlison came off, yeah. First. Yeah, so they ended... So they changed midfield. And it's interesting because I, I listened to a press conference of Antonio Conte saying that Yves Basuma was the one new player that was struggling to understand the, the ta- what, what, how do you say it, like the, 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 the tactics of, of my football. He said in central midfield is the hardest position to understand my football, he said, Rob. So it, it, it kind of makes sense why Basuma struggled to get yeah. in. Yeah. And maybe it makes sense why when he does come in, into the game, it's in a different shape. I basically, I don't think he trusts Basuma yet to do that defensive number six, you know, the two holding players there. He doesn't trust him. So it's a system switch. So five, three in the middle with him being one of the number eights. And then Hyomin Sum comes on and plays with Harry Kane, Rob, in the front two. Now we've seen this maybe the season before last when the two of them linked up brilliantly well together and we saw it immediately. Now, again... Whether we'll see more of this shape where you don't see Kulusevsky, you don't see Richarlison, because that's the two systems he plays, either three forwards yeah. or two forwards. Now, he's got so many forward players, I think he'll continue with the three. But Son and Kane together, coming back together, playing was pretty amazing. And, OK, Hyunmin Son, obviously, being dropped was a story at the start of the game. He ended up being a story at the end of the game, Rob, with his impact and his hat-trick. What was it? I think 13 minute hat trick, quality goals uh, written all over the place. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one with, with Basuma because I kind of feel like Spurs could benefit from some of his attributes in that team. I do too. But, he, but it means if you're going to drop a, a, a Kulusevsky or Richarlison, that takes a lot of that attacking mm. counter attack threat. As good as Son and Kane are, and you've got three guys who can almost pin a back four back. If, if they're mm. looking to counter-attack. Yeah, it's a very different it's, way of doing it. it. It's, it's very different, isn't it? And it's just whether um, Basuma can build a trust of Conte to feel that he goes in maybe with Benzinka, yeah. uh, with Hoiberg as a two, rather mm. than um, play as a three. So maybe something for him to think about. But yeah, interesting position. And certainly Sun comes on. And listen, we know he hasn't scored. You know, he wouldn't be happy sitting on the bench. He comes off 30 minutes. He makes his point. Brilliant hat-trick. Games done from Leicester's point of view. Um, and a scoreline that, that slightly flatters Tottenham, you'd have to say, in, 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 in the, the full entity of the game. But that's what they've got, Rob, when you've got four yeah. forwards like they've got. Yeah. So, so it's a great bonus to have, especially with the amount of subs you can use now in, in, in uh, Premier League football. You can almost go 60 minutes with a certain two two or three, and then change it up in, with, you know, half an hour to go. Just before we move on to Leicester, Rob, I, I do find Spurs a, a pretty funny team to try and, yeah. you know, pin down or analyse right now. I mean, they're I'm six... not sure, right? I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I guess the, the, the bottom line is, for me, is that there's, I feel there's so much more to come. There's so, I don't feel like they're playing as well as they can play. Now, I know there's some restriction on the way that he wants them to play, and it's, it's kind of defensive-minded first for the most part. Though I think in the last couple of games, they've tried to be more expansive. But I just, I just think there's more to come from them. You know, they're sat in third place in the league, Rob, behind Arsenal and, and Manchester City on the same points as Man City after, after seven games played. You know, yeah. it's got to be a good sign, hasn't it, Rob, that, that yeah. there's yeah. more to come, I mean, yet they're still sat in the There's more to come, and they're still right up yeah. there. Yeah, second spot in the league. It's not more to come in, like, the mid-table in the same way they've got to kick on, you know, a Villa mm. or Everton or one of those teams, you think. You know, so, yeah, I think, it, again, making the most of what he's got, improving the bits that we thought would be more Antonio Conte type of work. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, listen, they're, they're probably... <laughs> a better watch because of some of those frailties than, mm. than would have been, you know, if, if everything's right. But um, mm. huge game obviously coming up in uh, North London Derby when we get back to action. Yes. It'll be a good test for both those teams again, won't it? be a good measurement of, OK, where, where, where are we both? Mm. Moving on to Leicester City, Rob. Now, um, just quickly, I'll just kind of 
talk about how I thought the game went. We'll speak about the manager maybe after that. But I, I mean, it was a really funny game. I'm looking at my notes now from the game. I've, uh, right before halftime, I've written down, where has this Leicester been? Because they kind of look, they look good. Pass the ball really well. Cut through, got their couple of goals. Um, the, the set piece is conceding. It, it must be <laughs> driving everybody concerned with the club crazy that they keep conceding goals. Again, two set pieces, I think, in the first half were um, the goals against. They're, you know, they're such a soft touch at times defensively, yet when they get on the ball and start knocking it around, they look pretty good. Now, at this point, Benin Rogers has to address that. He has to address it. And the second half, you know, again, they had opportunities, but then starts to get away from them. They try playing out of bad spots. They give the ball away. They get pressed. Um, Bentacle presses and scores a really good goal. They take the ball off of James Justin. Human Son scores his right footer into the top corner. <sighs> I mean, in terms of where they are right now, mate, I mean, 22 goals against after seven Premier League games is the, the most, worst. It's the, it's, the, yeah. it's, the, it's the highest amount of goals conceded of ever, any team. Ever, One ever. point after seven. Um, what do you, what, first of all, the manager kind of prospects for him. How did you see the game from their point of view, Rob? So I want to go to a point that we talked of a little bit off air on 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 um, in studio when we worked together, and, and it's something that's out there. And I think, by the way, I've got to be straight to the point. They've got they've got at best a championship goalkeeper in the net. Yeah. Rob. It's nowhere near yeah. good enough. No. Absolutely nowhere near good enough. He doesn't no. look physically right. He doesn't look like he's got the speed. He doesn't look like the power when he dies. And he's the he's got a back four around him who are on on. on eggshells with yes. what he's going to do and how he's going to do. So that's a starting point. But that's something the manager brought him in, knew him from Liverpool, Danny Ward, we're talking about. That has to be resolved pretty quickly, mate. That has to mm. be resolved pretty quickly. They need to go and find another top-class goalkeeper they do. They do. And, and put him in, in the net. Um, the times this team are show you... This is where I am with the team, and it leads to Brendan Rodgers. The time this team shows you how good a players they are. And when you look through the, the team, Rob, you know, um, back for Castagna, Adams, Fass and Justin, and Didi sitting in front of them. Madison, Tielemans, Dewsbury Hall, Barnes, underneath Dacca. I know. Mid-table mid football at, at worst yeah. all day long. Yeah. So something's wrong. So some, yeah. this team have shown us when they got the ball, they can play, Rob. Yeah. There's no real driving appetite when they lose a ball mm, to correct. stop things happening. Correct. Yeah. Turnovers happen. We did a piece the other week on the, on the tackle board. Many times, turnovers in midfield and people just go steaming, streaming to them. Another occasion today. Yep. The set-piece thing is, yeah, is something, as a coach, it's embarrassing. You can do something too. Mm. So all those things are, 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 are... Some of the harder things, get on the ball, play, be technically good, yeah. they, they can do. They are some mm. of the harder things to, 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 to get out, out of a team. So it... it Unfortunately, the spotlight does all has to fall on the man in charge, Rob, and that's Brendan Rodgers. And Brendan used to be the coach that made players better. He's now become the coach who's making players worse. Some of these players are not playing anywhere near their capabilities that we know we've seen them winning FA Cups, you know, going to the big boys and having an edge about them and showing how good they are. Some of that's gone, and I don't know why and I don't know where, but Brendan Rodgers is under pressure to get it back pretty quickly. He he looks spent at Leicester City. He looks like it's over or it's about to be over. I got a quote here, Rob, from from um, from him after the game. Brendan Rodgers was asked if he'll be manager next game. Here's what he says: I don't know. To be honest, whatever is assuming the, to the owners, decision is. I'll I'll always respect it. And and he goes on to say. You know, um, the owners will do what they feel they need to do. I'm not daft. I know. I know football. It, there's not much fighting talk there, Rob. It's almost like you know. That's not uh, like I'll turn this around, is it? No, That's it's not, not like you know. You know I, I, I hope they stick with me. I'm doing everything I can every single day. We're working hard to fix this problem. We're gonna, you know. It, he's got. I think my understanding is right. He's got a long contract, my friend. He's got a long contract, and when a manager gets fired. You know he, he's due he's due pay up. Um, you know resigning, walking away. You don't you don't you don't get there's anything. None of that. No, I'm not saying there's anything that, like that involved, but it's going to be an expensive decision if the club decide 
to fire him. Now, all I would say, international break, my friend, we know what can happen, sometimes happen. Um, I think their next game, by the way, is, is not Nottingham Forest on the Monday when we get back after international break, oh, yeah, on the yeah. Monday night yeah. at, at home. Yeah. Leicester versus Nottingham yeah. Forest. Now, if he's still in charge at that point, which I'm, I, I really don't know if he will be, you start to get into games where this is must win. This is must win. Because yeah. Yeah. you start to look yeah. at the maths. You start to look at the maths of the, of the league table and like, wow, you know, they got they got to win a lot. I mean, the games are going to start running down. They played seven already. Yeah. Got one point with a with a pretty bad goal difference. So, and if you don't beat the forests of the world, where are you going to get your wins from? Right. That that, 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 that starts to be the question. And it's obvious, and, Rob, and isn't it, it? And it's obvious that the team yeah. is better than. It's, it's obvious than, the team yeah. is better than this. And, and history doesn't go well for Brendan because again, little research mate tells me mm. October international break twenty fifteen. Liverpool, Liverpool manager. Yeah. FSG made that decision yeah. in the international break in 2015. Does it feel in some ways like it's similar, like it kind of got, it's got, got to a point is, where... Is this, the, is this the reason... Is this the reason yeah. we've said yeah. he's not the top six guy? He's always going to be mentioned and always going to be around. We're always going to see the good sides and, and talk up. And we know what a pure coach he is. But he, is there something missing in his in his in his locker, in his DNA that makes him a top six manager? Well, I think that's the nitty gritty, and, and we've got to say, I mean, he's won the FA Cup with Leicester City. He's he's done great great work in his career, um, but but I, I would like it to this, Rob. I, he's like a trend manager when he goes in he's a project manager as well so he goes in and, and things are going well he's trending up he looks a million dollars on a downtrend which he had at Liverpool. I don't think he can get out of a downtrend. I don't think he can get out of a bear market. You know, things are going down for him. I don't. I don't know whether he's turned it around ever. As if like I've kind of I've done my best with this project. We had some good times, and now it's kind of coming to an end. Uh, that that's what I feel like. And I haven't. You know, we talked about glass sitting with him. It, you know, it gets to a certain point, and then it slowly starts to unravel a little bit and fall away. I think this is exactly what we're seeing again from a talented manager that's, that's done a lot of good things. But when it goes starts going downhill, he can't stop that momentum. And I feel like this is only going in one direction. Listen, maybe we're wrong, mate. And when they come back, he wins a game against Nottingham Forest. They, and they get out of this and, and he survives this slump. But I, I, my, my money would be on that he doesn't survive this downturn in belief and intensity from his squad that he's paid to, to motivate. He's going to need a bit of voter confidence from the ownership group first to be given the chance. Um, I don't know. I kind of think he might have a little credit, just a, a touch of credit in the bank. Yeah. That might just give him... Another opportunity two, to pull through. Yeah, two, three more games, like you say, because mm. I think it's the kind of club where if you can get one win, put a little run together, all of a sudden things could look a little bit different. Um, mm. But no, test okay. for Brendan Rodgers, different kind of test, and uh, we'll, we'll see how this one plays out. Mm. Uh, let's go to Wolverhampton Wonders, where it wasn't particularly a great test for Manchester City, I think, up after 55 seconds with Jack Grealish and then kind of coasted, I would say, to a pretty comfortable 3-0 win against Wolves. They were down to 10 men, a, a crazy challenge by Nathan Collins at, at mm. centre-back on Jack Grealish. Um, City winning 3-0. Did we learn anything more? It, it, was it just another one of those days? Well, I think we learned that Jack Grealish... Uh, will benefit from that goal he scored. I think, you know, I think there might have been past games of City where he's not in the centre of the box for that cross to come through from De Bruyne. De Bruyne, I mean, we didn't learn anything about him because we know he's amazing and he was amazing in this game as well. But Grealish made a really good run inside when you might have expected Erling Haaland to score that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was so easy. It was so comfortable, 11 v 11, that I think when they had a man sent off, I mean, City went down to like... 20% energy and intensity and, and, and desire to go on and win the game. They rested, they rotated, they brought players in. Um, nah, just, just, yeah, I, su super easy. Jack Grealish is probably the story. He's scoring. Yeah. Pep talked about him yeah. before and after the game yeah. because he was a story, like he's back in the side. There was a lot of talk, there was yeah. a lot of talk this week about him, wasn't there? Like there was. goals, assists, what's he brought to City and Pep was very strong in, in, um, defending him and talking about what he brings to the team and how other players have, have been better in, in there. So mm. it, was, it was quite timely from that point of view, you know, Grealish getting the goal celebration between the two the, the manager and the player towards the end of the game. I thought it was quite telling, really, that 
I think Jack's really well liked as well in that group. I get the sense he's well liked by the manager and by the players, and they all kind of want him to do a little bit better. Did you see the? Um, so we were looking if Rob, and I don't know whether you caught this because of all the stuff going on. But we actually had a little, we had a two-way with Jack Grealish after that game, you know. where we all had a chance to ask him a question, yeah. and uh, I thought he made some pretty interesting answers. I asked him whether his game is changed or is changing because of Erlen Haaland. Um, and he said it kind of is, and all of us have a little bit changed the way that we play because of this guy. And yeah. the more interesting part was how he said how Erlen Haaland is as a man and as a player. He said, he, oh, I love him to bits. Like, everybody loves him. He's got such desire to score goals and do well, but he's such a great team person as well. I mean, I mean, he, was, he, went, he went above and beyond to stress how fun it is to play with him, but what a great person he is. Now, that's, we've heard that from Pep about saying he's a great person to coach. So on top of everything that he does on the field, you know, he's got the desire, he's got the attitude, he's got the temperament. We saw in a game before, somebody's trying to push him, pull him. I think it was Mings, yeah. wasn't it, against yeah. Villa? Yeah, yeah. He's ticking so many boxes and with the goal scoring and everything else that it just adds to the picture of this guy could be phenomenal. You know, it, it, I'm talking longer term here, not just we're seeing it. It's phenomenal right now, end of. But this could continue. He, he could break many, many records, given what we're seeing and what we're hearing from, from different people that work very closely with him. It's a really important point as well. I mean, 11 Premier League goals in seven Premier League games. I think it's 14 in all crazy. clubs at the moment. I mean, his numbers, his club numbers that I saw somewhere, Rob, is it 100 goals in 99 appearances since he left Salzburg? I mean, it's, right. it's, an, it's yeah. an incredible record. But it's interesting you talk about what Jack was saying and, and, and the, um, the, the conversation about Haaland because as you were talking, I just thought that's really interesting because I think we touched on you have to be a certain person and personality to be able to walk in that dressing room, mm. change the way that some mm. players are playing who are established internationals, you know, have an effect on the dressing room. Be light, because usually sometimes big players can come in on big money, Rob. You, you talk about your Ravinelli's and people, and sometimes mm. they can upset the, the balance. Yeah. But also, yeah. Rob, the biggest thing that, that I've just thought, as you, as you were saying that, and, and Jack said, is the desire. Because Manchester City are champions. It's a dressing room full of champions. Yep. But you get a guy who comes in who's hungry, who's determined, who wants mm. to break records, who wants to win mm. cups, who wants to win you know, golden boots. It kind of gives everybody yep. a bit of a lift again, doesn't it? Totally. It, it freshens the whole thing up. And I just wonder mm. if that was why Holland's been an important signing for, for, for Pep in that, you know, not just the, what we see on the pitch and the goals, which are phenomenal, but that little bit of chemistry in that judgment where he's driving everybody on to, to, to more success. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I think it's happening. You know, you, we always talk about trying to improve the squad when you're winning. They've done it um, in all the different reasons. I mean, you know, just finally on them, Rob, and maybe we'll touch on Wolves. Just I want to get your take on Diego Costa, by the way, coming back to the Premier League. Um, yeah. I just think they are, an, they are the outstanding team right now. And I know, what are they? I know they're, I guess, technically one point off the top of the league table. But my goodness, they're in a, they're in a good, uh, what do they call it? A good moment the, with the, it right now that they really are. Um, let's just switch it quickly to Wolves, Rob. Quick comment on them before yeah. we move on. I mean, I, I mean, I'm always, I mean, I'm, I'm always a little disappointed when a game is so comfortable for one team and not the other team. Yeah. I feel, I feel like frustrated with a team that, come on, make it more of a game. And that's really, of course, easier said than done for this particular yeah, team. But I did yeah. expect more, um, and I kind of think that Diego Costa is a. Very interesting signing. Now, the manager said he's going to take a little bit of time to get match fit because he's, he's not injured, but he's, he hasn't played for many, many months. He's come out of Brazilian football on a, on a free agency. What do you think to this signing, Rob? Because Jimenez is still injured at the moment and Kalasic, the, the big new striker. Absolutely love it. Do you? Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Thing thing is absolutely what they need. Yeah. In terms of timing, Rob, it's not the worst. I know he, he's not right, but he's, he'll get two or three weeks of work now in Zim. You can really get some work done in the mm -hmm. training ground while this international break's on. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to bring a bit of edge to the club, what he needs. Mm -hmm. I think he'll demand more of people around him if things aren't going well, Rob. I think he'll let people know about it, which I think Wolves could do with. Yeah. Uh, I think when Jimenez comes in, it could be an interesting pair, how they, how they work together. He's a good footballer, mm -hmm. uh, Diego Costa. Uh, and anyone who can do a social media clip of holding a, a pack of wolves <laughs> and, and smiling, and, and apparently, I don't know who was more scared, him or the wolves, <laughs> of, of each other. Yeah. I just feel, listen, 
I think sometimes you, I feel Wolves lack a little personality, a yeah. little bit of that when you say when yeah, they're playing right. against certain teams. Yeah. And I think he'll he'll bring that. I think it's a, it's a great bit of business. I think it's great for the league. And we're all, listen, we're all talking about Wolves and thinking about Wolves in a different way because this guy's doing the mm. football club. Mm. Absolutely right. Well said. And um, we look forward to seeing Wolves with a, a fit and uh, aggressive and a, you know, a handful that Diego Costa really is playing. Crazy Diego Costa. Yeah, yeah. Got to love him. Got to love him. OK, Let's so... Let's talk about a few, yeah, other, few other results this weekend, my, my friend. Yep. And it was an interesting day, certainly down at the bottom end of the table. Nottingham Forest 2, Fulham 3. So, last season's uh, championship winners versus last season's championship playoff winners. Uh, Forest get their nose ahead again, Rob, uh, and then concede, was it, uh, three goals in, in five minutes, mm. just over five minutes, uh, game gone. Mm. Worries for... Let's just start with, with Forest mm. versus the home team. Mm. A few worries for Steve Cooper, and obviously the, the money he spent, the 22 players he's getting, he bought in that keeps on sort of coming up every time yeah. they don't win a game. Yeah. A few worries for, for Forest, Rob, and, and, and how things have started for, for Steve Cooper? Definitely. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I mean, there's so many worries. I mean, oftentimes, newly, team, newly promoted teams, I've said this millions of times, you know, you get a benefit, you get a boost when you start the season. You're back in the Premier League, everybody's excited, you get some results. They have not had that. On top of that, you've got a club that spent tons of money on so many new players. I have no idea what the dressing room must feel like, must look like, with people trying to settle in. Some settle in easily, some don't. Let alone trying to find on the training ground a combination, a system that works for most players. I'm sure Steve Cooper doesn't... It does not know every detail of every player, not by a long way, to try and figure out his best team and his best system on the job, week in, week out, when they're losing games and, and they sit second bottom of the league table right now, is incredibly hard. But it was a decision that they, they took, and I know they, they had to bring in lots of players because the previous season, many of the players that got them promoted were, were players on loan that have gone away. But I, I just think, you know, I think we both... Did you tip them for relegation? I, I, I thought that that was too I much. I just thought they'll... they'll you might think, yeah, out. and they might. If yeah. he finds something, yeah. he finds yeah. the right combination. But at the moment, yeah. I mean, they're losing against the teams around there. But Bournemouth, wasn't it, that came back and beat them? Yeah. I mean, that, they're yeah. games where, my goodness, if they're going to get points, you know, and I know they've come early, they, they haven't taken it, and they've, they've lost big games to teams they should be getting better results. Yeah, it's one of those where until he... he I think things start to settle down. He gets a bit of a settled um, team lineup. There was there was mm. no Worrell, Joe Worrell, not in the starting lineup. Jesse Lingard not in the starting well, he's lineup. He's trying to so, filter through. Who's he's yeah, trying to look at everybody? He's trying to yeah look at everybody and almost have games to almost like you know you have this game, I'll have a look at yeah. you, then I'll make a decision. It's such a tough place mm. in the Premier League to be mm. to be trial tra trialing things mm. and not really sure where you're going. So. Um, at some point, I think he's yeah. going to have to decide on his shape, a team, and, and set, set that down, get some rhythms and get things going. Maybe a couple of weeks on the training ground. Obviously, a few players will be off on international duty, but hopefully mm. he'll have a, a, a core of, of players he can work with and maybe get things started. As you say, huge game possibly. I think it's Leicester, isn't it, on that Monday? Which could be a massive, yes, it's a massive game for, for both, <laughs> those, both yeah. those teams on, yeah. on the Monday. Mm. Let's, let's turn it to Fulham, Rob, because... Um, Headline for Fulham is unfamiliar Fulham. It's not the Fulham I expected. It's not the Fulham I've known no, in the Premier League. Fulham looked to me, Rob, when you say Mikel Arteta's group, there's a, there's, a, there's a way of playing, there's an understanding of what they're doing, there's a physicality that they've not had before. I think uh, players come in that look like they've they bought and added something to, to the group. And Marco Silva deserves a lot of credit because I think he's been one of those managers who's been a bit maligned in the past and people have sort of talked about what he can do. Dare I say it, underappreciated? Dare I say it Yeah, possibly. Mm. Yeah, possibly. On, on, certainly on the borderlines of underappreciated mm. in the week. Mm. Um, you know, he, he has William in to, for some training, takes him on that. William has a, has a big impact on, oh. on, on, on the yeah. game. Um, I just think Fulham look like they are... Adjusting to what's required in the Premier League, mate, and that's not never been the case since we've seen Fulham in, in this league. Yeah, I, I think all the credit for me 
Marco Silva deserves it all. I mean, if I look at that back four, it's a very similar back four that we've seen before that wasn't, quite frankly, wasn't quite good enough. I think now with the signings they've made, they are super aggressive, of course, with um, Alexander Mitrovic playing up front. With Pereira and Palinha um, coming into the side, I mean, the, the team now, I think I'm missing somebody. I think I'm, I'm missing somebody. But um, no, I, I, it's got a little balance, Rob. It's got a little balance of football, of organisation, of aggression, of work ethic. You know, and again, the benefit from the euphoria of promotion, that, that, that's really benefits them as well. But from a team that I thought would struggle to stay in the division, I mean, wow, they're like sixth place right now. They've got three victories, and you always want yeah. you know, nine or ten to stay in a division, really. Um, brilliant. Brilliant story. You're right. Unexpected. Uh, yeah, unfamiliar. Yeah, well done. Marco Silva, wow. They look grooved as well, which is, yeah. which is what you have to, have to, have to be in the Premier League. You have to know what you're doing with the system. Players have to know from day one. Forest being the other end of that, they're, they're, they're all over the place in times of that stuff. But no, Fulham look like they've got a team that can stay in a division comfortably. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah been a Fulham love for mm. Marco Silva and his team. 3-2 win away at Forest. Big game at Goodison Park, Everton v West Ham, the David Moyes derby. Yeah. David Moyes returning back to the club he managed uh, so well for, for so long. The and, Frank, and Lampard Frank Lampard derby as well. his team that he started. Yeah, Frank Lampard <laughs> derby. So, yeah, double yeah. derby day. <laughs> what about, yeah, obviously, Frank came through the West Ham ranks. We both played against the young yep. Frank uh, back in those days. Never quite realised what a great career he was going to have from there. And it was Frank who, who, who ended up on top, mate. Um, his new striker, Neil Mopo, gets his first Premier League goal for, for Everton. And what a great goal it was. Um, and I think I, I heard you on, on the broadcast and, and agreed with, with what I said. I, I was pretty impressed with Evan today, mate. Mm. I, I think that was, mm. up until, you know, there's certain areas in the last third where it doesn't quite knit together, don't quite get the right ball. But I thought the play was good. I thought the intensity was good. I thought the shape looked well. And, and the players who they brought into their yeah. squad, Rob, have yeah. made a big difference. Change of club. Have made a big yeah. difference. Two centre-backs, yeah. reliable, who, who know what they're doing, experience. Garner in midfield and Arno in, in, in midfield. It won't be looks like a new player. And then they've got a centre-forward who does what you want mm. centre-forward to do. Don't have to have brilliant games. Don't have to be in, all in the picture. Take something when it comes. And that's Neil Mope. Listen, there's lots to say about lots of things, but has the ability to find the back of the net. I thought it was a really, reassuring, not reassuring, but I thought it was a... It was a day for Frank to be really proud of what he's done. And you can start to see the progress of what's happened at the football club. Absolutely right. And, and, I, and you know what? I'm really pleased for Frank Lampard because he's, you know, the pressure that he's been on, the poor guy of coaching, you know, Chelsea, his club and stuff like that. And the, 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 the expectations there is then thrown into Everton, Rob. I mean, talk about into the fire when you go to that club in their situation last season. And now, as he walks around at the end, smiling face, cheering the fans. I mean, there is a great connection there from last year, from how the fans helped the team and helped the manager between Lampard and, uh, and the fans. And just on that, as I'm thinking, of course, our, our great friend Tim Howe was in the studio. And, um, you know, he said, great, great, great. He said, I'm, yeah, a bit, you know, is there a bit of over-celebrating going on there? You know, uh, sort of back in the day when he, you know, we won games, we're exhausted, we, we clap the fans and go off. I think the, the game's changed. The celebration police, says he, Tim Howard. Yeah, look, another one of these, nah, I think uh, he's just like, he said, like, things are changing. I said, well, things, things are changing. Howard. Yeah, things are changing where I think there is a more of an effort from teams and particularly managers to connect with the fans and appreciate the support. Um, what I would say, Rob, and you go through a lot of players there, and I, I, I think Tokovsky and Connor Cody have changed everything at the club. The, the, with them being there, their the understanding, the, the I mean, is really, really different from days of Holgate and Michael Keane, and, and also Mean as well. I know some of these the players are all still there, um, but there's one player, my friend, and this sums it up. This sums up. This sums up why my underappreciated performer. You never even mentioned him when you went through the team. My underappreciated performer for this week is Damari Gray. Now, we don't, it's not always the goal scorers that get the underappreciated, but Damari Gray was electric from the first minute. I think he actually came out of the game later on, around the 80th minute or whatever it was. But I thought he, in a game that was kind of tight, he, he's got pace. He, he, he drives inside. He had a lovely shot early on, always threatening defenders, always working up and down. And I think... He's a better player. I mean, some might say, well, he's, he is appreciated within the club. I'm sure he is. I think he's a better player than maybe a lot of people think of him, Rob. And I know that he's kind of been tossed around a little bit. 
Um, but I thought Damari Gray, particularly today, should earn that 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 tag of of un- underestimated performer. Closely behind him, by the way, was Frank Lampard. It was going to go go with him, given how he's turned the club around slowly but surely. But I just thought Damari Gray demanded a mention. I think he won man of the match in the stadium today. And it's just a player that, you know, doesn't often get the headlines, but I think he's a lively, effective, really important part of Everton going forward. Yeah, it's a good shout because obviously he was at Leicester and I think we all thought he was very talented and quite work and got on the edge of England call-ups and things and we're thinking... And then now he's almost a player, like you say, at times you forget. And, you know, Anthony Gordon's had the headlines, yeah. Mopay's come in and, and all that. And, mm. Yeah, and, and under Frank, uh, given a bit of confidence and given a bit of licence, he could, you know, with Gordon one side, him the other, you have Mopay, you have DCL, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin back in the team. Mm. All of a sudden, that, look, that, that could be yeah, a dangerous-looking Townsend still to come in. Rondon, you can throw yeah, in Dwight McNeil to come games. in. Yeah. Dwight McNeil, yeah. So yeah. all of a sudden that looks different. But, yeah, really good shout. Um, Damari Gray, uh, this Nobby mm. Musto's underappreciated performer of the week. But yeah, um, I think it was a good day for, for Everton. For, for West Ham, mate, they're, they're still a little bit off, aren't they? They still, mm. I don't know, it still feels like, almost feels like a bit pre-season-y for West Ham. Like, mm. okay, the season starts next week and we'll, we'll get back to our level. Physicality-wise, they're not quite what, where they were last year. Interesting there. And, and, and I was making a note of, of the players like on the bench, the, the Skamakas, the, the Cornets, who they've been bought in, but not being given the start. He's, he's, he's at the moment going with the players he's trusted in the past. Paqueta, um, you talked about, and you know, I think we talked about it on, on the air today, looks like he's going to have to get used to the pace of Premier League, mate. He, mm. There's no luxury number 10 positions no, in no the time Premier on the League, ball. by the way. There's no time on the yeah, ball. Yeah, so you, you better get used to that. So mm. still a little bit of, of integration, I think, for David Moyes in, in, in sorting this group out. In some respects, it's almost like he's got a bigger problem now because he's got more players to choose from for his squad, where in some respects last season, the team sort of picked itself. Just a little bit of data, in fact, my friend. Seven, seven games played, five losses. Five losses in the seven. Nobody's scored fewer goals in the Premier League, Rob, in those seven games. They've got three. Now, I don't want to li- go through the list, but there are a tonne of, of good attacking players at this football club. We're not seeing much from Jared Bowen right now. Michael Antonio's been in and out a little bit. Skamaka, Corne, Benrama, Lanzini. I mean, Fonels. I mean, like, this is... Again, I'm not. I'm not saying that there's any panic needed, but David Moyes and he's, he's cited two reasons, Rob, why they're not they're struggling a little bit. Integrating new players, and I get that. There's a few new players in the team in, in different spots. And Paqueta's a good example. Kera, uh, the Tilo Kera, the new centre back as well, has looked a little shaky. Could have closed yeah. down today for the goal. And then, of course, the Europa Conference League. You know, the, yeah. the Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. It's not ideal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's still rest in between. You know, I know it's not ideal, but it's still. I think it's squad as well. Days. Some of the some of the players didn't play, yeah. whereas you know they had that last season. So, so um, we get all that, but you know, at some point, come on, like there's a there's a lot of attacking players, a lot of money been spent. You don't expect West Ham United to have won just one game from seven, being well in the relegation and third, 18th place right now, and, and got a ton of credit. What a brilliant job he's done at West Ham United. Yeah. Is it? simply going to turn around quickly, Rob? Is it going to settle down? They're going to move out of pre-season mode and, and start winning some games? I know it's been decent in the Euro, in the yeah. in European competition, but that's different. This is the yeah. Premier League where they've got to, they've got to start performing. I think they, they kind of need one performance. I, I kind of feel like David Moyes is a one performance. He can kick it in and then it's almost like an emotion gets going mm. and then there's a movement and then they build up ahead of steam. I kind of feel like that's where they're at and, and they, they just, he just needs to find that result. Should be absolutely no panic. This guy shown what he can do in the past. They can go on runs. They can they, they can be difficult to play against. Yeah. It just it's just a little bit of spark missing, Robert. And I can't quite put my finger on it. But the Bowens mm. and the Antonio, even Declan and, Rice, you know, even Declan Rice, really yeah, hasn't been yeah, quite, as, not quite yeah. himself. Him and, and um, Suchek in the middle of the field. Mm. But yeah, listen, I think he, there's certainly plenty of credit in the bank what he's done over the last few seasons and, and obviously spending money. Um, he might have to give some of those guys a go, mate. He might have to trust them a little bit more. And, yeah. You know, big Skamaka scored in, in Europe, scored a, a great goal, turned and smacked one in um, on Thursday mm. night. And then the watching, maybe he's got to give him a go up top. Mm. Yeah, I think it's got to it's got to turn around, and we we expect it to turn around. But it's just an interesting kind of you know, it's one of the stories of the weekend. It, it has become one of the stories. But well done, Everton. 
I feel, you know, they look a team now that isn't going to flounder around towards the bottom of the league table. Frank Lampard's done a really nice job going about his work, learning, I'm sure, every single day he's in this, this, this new position as a, a football club like that. Well done, him. Uh, OK, what else have we got, Rob? We've got a bit of Newcastle. We've got a bit of Newcastle to, United. To Newcastle, it's St. James' mm. Park, and we've got the Eddie Howe Derby, my friend. Newcastle, <laughs> it's his weekend of, of derbies. Um... I watch this game. I'll be really interested in, in this game because I wanted to have a, a, a good look at, in Newcastle because I haven't really seen that much of them this this season, and um, it wasn't a great Newcastle day. I'll have to say, mate. Mm. It was a day where they weren't their, their sort of sharpness, their speed of movement, the, the incisive play we've seen wasn't quite there. Gimaras didn't quite knit the stuff together that, that we expected. Willock made his runs but didn't get on to too many things. Isak wasn't quite mm, wasn't quite happy quiet, for him. Quiet, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, against a very well settled Bournemouth team that I thought tactically and positionally were in good spots, mm. didn't have a lot of the ball at times, knew that, but you know, broke with with a bit of danger as well at, at times. And and my thought as I was watching the game, Rob, is hmm Newcastle have, have kind of earned this this new respect. And this is what mm. new respect teams have to deal with, mm. packing it in. Yeah. Now, 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 Newcastle, you know, there was a time when you got to St. James Point and say, come on, like, we can win yeah, this, let's it go. It becomes an open now game. Now it's a little bit the other way. Yeah, like, hold on, this Newcastle team are dangerous to play good football. Let's sit in, yeah. let's make it be difficult to play against. Yeah. And Eddie Howe's team might have to start getting used to a bit of this, mate, as the mm. season goes on. Yeah, that's right. And they certainly missed Alan Sam Maxim in. I mean, yeah. I mean, he said it afterwards. Eddie Howe's admitted that we needed his kind of ability to break down Bournemouth. But I think that that is the story. The teams now will come and, and sit behind. Um, I thought Isaac was particularly quiet. I mean, he took his penalty well. Um, on the handball, Rob, and I know... <laughs> oh, blimey, for the penalty. Um, what, what, what did you think? Again, there was a no call initially. It was Lerma, wasn't it? Lerma tried to stop a cross. Yeah. His hand was slightly away from his body. It wasn't spotted by the referee. VAR says, um, you should go and look at that. And he turns around, makes it a penalty. My thought was, gosh, like, his arm was slightly away from his body for a split second. The ball hits it from, like, two yards away. A weird point. And by the way, I'm absolutely happy because I'm thinking, that's not really a clear and obvious error. Now, I've said this too many times now, Rob. Now, either... Like, I, I basically, I think I've got to readjust what I feel is a handball. Yeah, yeah. There was one yeah, the other yeah, week where somebody came... That's the point. I think, yeah. I think I've I think got... I think that's the point. I think it's so unfair, like, for asking defenders... The hand to... is, is, is any way you can see uh, a gap between the body and the hand, right. and the ball hits that hand, it's a penalty, Rob. That's what... I wasn't... The moment the, the moment he went VAR, you need a look, yeah, we, it's a penalty. It's a penalty. I mean, is it... Uh, <laughs> In 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 the uh, what's he the meant? He's got to the... stick his arms to his. He's got to find exactly. a way to defend. Got to be next yeah. I mean, by the way, I've got I've got to say it again. In because we look at the letters of the, the, the rules yeah. all the time. You know, did he make himself unnaturally his body unnaturally bigger yeah. and mm. blimey? Subjective. I mean, I mean some will uh, say because his hands are away, then what? he's subjectively bigger. Some I, I'd say it's a natural yeah. position, I mean, but anyway. But yeah. I say, I, I'm going to I'm readjusting. Yeah, I'm recalibrating. Just, yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's it's moving on. It, it's like you know, changing from yep. one metric to another. Yep, you, we've got to realise it now. Yeah, we need right. to change it, and, and those things. I are do think be it's super unfair, up. mate. It's super unfair yeah. that they get a, a free shot from twelve yards for the guy. The ball hits his hand from two yards away. You know, not particularly far away from his body. Anyway, uh, that's. Something that let me, get, let me get back to Bournemouth, yeah. my friend, because okay. um, I want to give you my underappreciated performer of the week. And he's a guy that will get no headlines in, in the press this week, will get no headlines, won't be talked of in any pub <laughs> conversations or whatever. He's a guy named Gary O'Neill. Oh, very quietly, under the radar, took over from Scotty Parker after Bournemouth had got beat nine, has been unbeaten in, in the three games he's taken over, got five points, got an uh, ownership group... Um, that want to sell the mm, club, they're talking yeah. to a, a, a Las Vegas consortium. Not sure of, of what's happening with the ownership, not sure, the group. Not sure, pretty much working on a week-by-week -week basis like mm. no one else told me anything else, so I'll, I'll keep the, the team going. Gary O'Neill has done a sneaky 
good mm. job mm. at holding the fort while Scotty Parker it was sacked and the club didn't know where to go. And if Bournemouth stay in the league, whether Gary Neal's <laughs> in charge or Gary Neal's played three or four, uh, three or four games, he will have played an integral part of it, Rob. He, his team are better set up. They're harder to play against than Scotty's, than Scotty Parker's team. They've got a little bit of a threat, like the guy who Tavanier's on the Mark yeah. Tavanier, yeah, the, the, the Middlesbrough, kid who Middlesbrough guy, Middlesbrough yeah. boy. I, I yeah. like him. Uh, Billy Billingham midfield amazing, was, was, was excellent. Yeah. Solanke's looking a little bit more dangerous. Mm. He's getting a tune out one or two players. He's got a system that it looks like the Sanessi, is it the new centre back? Yeah. Looks like he's growing into into playing in, in the league. And I just thought Gary O'Neill's probably a guy who people won't even know what he looks like. Wouldn't even know about his career. He was at Pompey and West Ham and I think Palace and, and, and Mid- your Middlesbrough. I think he was, yeah. Uh, and he's come in. Yeah. He came in under Jonathan Woodgate, when Jonathan Woodgate there, came in, in as a first-team coach. And since that time, you know, mm. Scott um, got the, the sack and he's taken over the football club and done a real sneaky good job, my friend. And um, listen, if, if new ownership comes in and they're not quite sure what to do, they might be better than leaving this guy in charge for a little while and just seeing how things go. So I wanted to just shout out to Gary O'Neill, you know, all the talk was about Eddie Howe and what he'd done at Bournemouth. And, you know, maybe Gary O'Neill's another Eddie Howe in the way. He just needs a chance at a <laughs> club like Bournemouth to, to build a bit of a, a, a career. But, um, yeah, just wanted to give him a shout as, 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 as a kind of a name and a face that probably people don't even know or mm. wouldn't even recognise. Mm. But um, doing doing just a, a good job, sterling job for, for Bournemouth in difficult times. Well, you've got to keep him for now. You've got to keep him. This is great. The, the, the owner wants to sell the football club but doesn't want any expense of bringing in... You know, somebody else that might de- de- demand new players. He has done a brilliant job. What, what, winning two in two draws, really well organised. I think it's a great shout. And, I, and uh, you know, I, I watch his press conference, Rob, before every game that we kind of focus on. Yeah. You know, I'm watching the, the managers. I want to know I want to know a bit more about what they're thinking, what they're saying. He, he was super relaxed, by the way. Really relaxed in his press conference. Yeah. Respectful, low-key, not giving it anything big time. Or he, I just thought he was honest with the, the journalists. I liked him. I liked, I liked how he came across. I liked what he said and of course you've got to like you know what he's done maybe benefited from Dominic Solanke getting fit again I think he was injured in one of the first games for Scott Parker but he's back up there working his socks off Billings in behind him no it's a good shout and and I'm pleased that you brought it up because Bournemouth my goodness does anybody think they're going to stay up but but given the last three games you can see a, a potential path for it so you know we'll see there's a ton of names getting thrown out there and Sean Dyche is getting thrown out there And and some others, um, but Gary O'Neill, you don't, don't just leave it. Like keep keep him in. Like you know, we have got the break, and then may have looked to appoint somebody. But why? You know, keep keep this thing going. The points are valuable. If you get more points, you know, they're worth. That's, that's worth a lot in the, in the the longer term of the season. More games to go, mate. Aston Villa v Southampton wasn't a Scrappy wasn't mate. a cracker by mm. any any means. Two teams a little bit lower in confidence. Um, Aston Villa scrapped the way to to the three points. Um, I think the sight of Stephen Gerrard running towards the, the touchline at the end in relief was was one of those things. He, he talked before about apparently that a, the team talked and said he wanted his team to give Prince William a, a bit of a boost. Obviously with mm. the, the Queen's funeral and all that. I'm not sure he got yeah. quite a boost from that, but they got the three points. That was the most important thing. Yeah, well, it was a it wasn't a great it wasn't a great advert for 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 football. With Stephen Gerrard's time at Aston Villa, but it's important, isn't it? Three points is important. Gives them a little bit of breathing space from the bottom of the league table. Gives them something to try and build on. He's got to find a way of getting more out of this team and finding a. I know he's very wedded to his his system with those three players in midfield, neither one behind two strikers or two behind one striker, and and that's what we're seeing at the moment. It's a little bit narrow. I don't think it helps their build-up play, their attacking play, but you know he found a way to win the game. The the goal was. Was kind of interesting, and I'm tired now, mate. It's been a long weekend. I'm not going to get into details of the <laughs> yeah. of the header, but there was a header from Selassie which re- reset yeah. the, and and it was it was that a deflection or a deliberate play? Now it looks like a deliberate play because he did go and head the ball, but he was stretching. The ball came from the crossbar pretty quick, and we had new verbiage, new um, text at the start of this season to try and make that a little clearer. And the idea was. For it to be a deliberate play where it resets the offside, he's got to see the ball coming. He's, it's not going to be travelling quickly. He hasn't got to be stretching too much to make it. And I kind of thought it came pretty quickly. He didn't get a great header on it, though he was deliberately heading it. So I just thought, given the new rules, I'm like, I think it's offside. But again, it wasn't. It was allowed. They thought it was a deliberate play. 
it goes straight to um, Jacob Ramsey who scores. So I thought it was a little bit of controversy in that, given the new kind of wording of this particular nuance in offside rule. But anyway, who cares? Well, I guess Southampton will care about it. It was, a, yeah. It, yeah, they care about it, and I, and I thought it was a little. They were a little lucky, but anyway, it goes ahead. They win the game, scrappy. He'll take it, Stephen Gerrard, and he's got to he's got to work on this team to get them to make them better. Yeah, 14th now in the league. They're into 14th in the league. Certainly mm-hmm. got to improve things. It was one of those substandard days for Southampton that we get. I think it was one shot yeah. in, in, the, in, the, in the night. Man, it's just they have yeah. those days under Ralph and I think he brushes them down and, and they move on. So, yeah. listen, mate, that's it for mm. Premier League action this week uh, at a point where the Gunners, they fired themselves at the top of the table. The Foxes, they're fixed to the bottom and cut this. Cost Brendan Rodgers his job. We're going to take a few days off as World Cup football comes into focus. If you're going to miss us, Remember that next week we'll have some bonus content for you where Musty and I sat down with US golfer Billy Horschel and discussed his fascination for Premier League football, his love for West Ham United and the President Cup that starts this week from Charlotte in North Carolina. And then we'll be back on Sunday, October the 2nd, to review Match Week 9 when there's two big derbies, North London derby, Arsenal v Spurs and Manchester derby where Manchester City hosts Man United. Well, for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty. Together with the two Robbies, thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. <laughs>